BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. From the offices of Create and Cultivate, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the host of Work Party, a podcast for ambitious women looking to create and cultivate the career of their dreams. Work Party is paving the way for a new generation of women, women who are redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. Every Wednesday, we bring in leading female powerhouses for real talk and BS-free advice on building your business. You'll hear from female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and so many other badass ladies. Are you ready to create and cultivate the career of your dreams? Then tune into Work Party, the podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show and never miss an episode. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. We got a solo one coming at you because A, you guys love them, but B, because a bitch needs to vent. I am so stressed and overwhelmed right now. I mean, listen, I can't complain. I'm going back on tour, which is like my favorite fucking thing in the world. And like, I'm trying to reprogram my brain to like, rather than fix it on like the negative anxiety, bad things. I want to also like focus on like the good things. I mean, mind over matter, ladies. Am I right or am I right? Like, I definitely, I I am very aware, okay? Positivity begets positivity and negativity begets negativity. Hello. That was my mantra while I was going through my divorce. And so it's like, I was surrounded by negative people and I was like, this is just creating like a negative cul-de-sac of my future forever. And I realized that like, if I was going to be around negativity, my life was going to be shit. And so I broke break free. I broke free and I only surrounded myself with people who are positive. Like, yeah, I got, I I mean, I clean motherfucking house on negative bitches and I did a really good job. Like I have great friends now. I have an amazing partner. Like this shit works. It's called the secret, but it's really not a fucking secret. It's very, simple actually it's like yeah be positive you get positivity in life if you do the opposite your life is going to be like i don't know sandoval's so anyway i am trying to keep my brain like good and focused because it's like i could complain about tour right like traveling sucks it's scary my nerves are acting like a fool before i go on stage i have to like not fuck up and memorize my lines i could like get in my head about all those things but instead i'm trying to be like woosa about it like okay i get to travel with my best friends i get to go back on a tour and perform to amazing audiences sold out theaters 
I, of course, always get nervous about the way that I look, but like, I'm like, no, bitch, this is like your sparkly pants are the most gorgeous things you've ever worn. You've lost 10 pounds on Ozempic and you are motherfucking thriving. So I'm just trying to get into a good headspace. But honestly, easier said than done because I'm a negative bitch. I just need a good vent session to get it out of my system. So like once we hit tour, I'm like in a good frame of mind. So thank you guys so much for letting me treat you like my actual live audio journal. I really like truly it means the world. So I'm currently in LA. Uh, We're actually, by the time this podcast comes out, we will be in Minneapolis doing our first show of the third leg of our podcasting uh, resume, if you will. We started off doing Straight Up Astasi Live. It was, I mean, everything. Then we did the Bougie Bus Tour, which got canceled because of the pandemic. Not so great, honestly. Listen. That tour was amazing because like our first tour, we were like nervous and it was like, what's it going to be like? And then the second leg, we were like, oh, my God, we are veterans. We got this shit. Um, And then, yeah, the pandemic went and ruined that all. But I was secretly, don't tell Stassi, no, I wasn't happy the tour got canceled. (laughs) I can't say that. But I was selfishly excited that I didn't have to live in the actual hell that was a tour bus. And y'all, it was called the bougie bus tour. Like we were on a bus, whether I fucking liked it or not. Yeah. Waking up hella early in the morning after being out all night long performing and flying at like six o'clock in the morning. It's not the vibe, but guess what's even worse than that? A tour bus. I feel like people so romanticize a tour bus. Like, oh my God, it's like almost famous and you're singing Tiny Dancer on your way after somebody jumped off a roof and screamed that they were a golden god. It's not as luxurious as it seems. And like, I don't know, maybe Justin Bieber has good tour buses, but like, no shade to Stassi. I mean, it was a legit tour bus. But the thing about me is I'm a motion sickness girly, okay? I don't do well on boats. I honestly can't really even stand on docks. I could get I could get sick in a hammock, okay? I will get sick laying on a raft in a pool. So your girl does not do very well with motion sickness. And like, I couldn't say anything about it because Stassi and Bo like lived for the tour bus. And that's because they had a goddamn queen size bed in the back of the bus. The rest of us plebes, me and like the sound technician and like the stage manager and the merch man and the lighting person, we were all in these like, they're like bunk beds on the bus. And it's like, I think there's like two or three on either side. And when I tell you it's like sleeping in a coffin, I am not exaggerating. And also tour buses have like crazy rules, like yacht rules, except a tour bus is not a fucking yacht. Um, The number one rule of a tour bus is like, you're not allowed to poop in the bathroom on the tour bus. Like they're like, if you have to poop, no matter what time of the night it is, you have to let us know so we can pull over at a rest stop and you can defecate there. Now, listen. If you tell me I can't do something, that's all I want to do, which is really shitty, pun intended, when you're traveling overnight to the next city, trying to sleep, but you can't get your fucking sick as shit. And, and also, if you can't poop, you can't barf. And so I was like, I'm going to have diarrhea. I have to throw up. So cut to me. When everybody else is sleeping, I'm at the front of the tour bus with the merch man because he you know, had his own set of issues as well, like slamming beers and trying to take a doo-doo pie at a rest stop. But also the thing about me is I can't take a shit in public. So, I mean, I really was not okay. We would like leave at like one o'clock in the morning, 
drive overnight, get to the hotel at like nine in the morning. And I would have to like run to the hotel and try to get like three hours of sleep. I was like, I, I think we probably did eight shows on that leg. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to survive. Yo, we were supposed to drive from like fucking Michigan all the way to the Pacific Northwest, like Seattle, Portland. I was freaking. So when I tell you that I did have a sigh of relief, when I was like, oh, I get to be off the tour bus. I would be lying if I didn't admit that that was the case. But yeah, the tour got canceled and that sucked. And that was three years ago. So it's been three years since we've been back on tour. It's exciting for Stassi. It's exciting for Bo. It's exciting for me. It's exciting for all of us. And there were so many shows that got canceled that like people were dying to see us. So we like, we the crowd's going to be ripe. It's going to be a goddamn party. We're going to laugh. We're going to dance. We're going to do the damn thing. Angela Bassett did the thing. So I'm out in LA right now because we have to do rehearsals before we actually like go on the road. Um, so I flew out here at the beginning of the week with my wife, Taylor. Why? Because I'm a codependent queen. I can't go anywhere without her. The hardest part of tour for me is being away from my love. And actually, this is... I. I'm really excited about this tour because I feel like Stassi and Bo and I are more connected than ever because when we were first on tour, it was like the two of them together. They didn't have Hartford. They were just the two of them. So like, they were like, let's go on tour for, they were like, let's go all over the world. And I was like, no, my partner's not here. I'm going to miss her. And they had each other and we would go hang out at their hotel rooms after the show and then Bo would set a timer and kick me out because he wanted to, I don't know, sleep before a flight. But yeah, so this time around, um, they have something to miss at home too. Hartford. So, and also we're not going to be staying up late drinking because Dossie's pregnant, can't drink. And Bo doesn't have to worry about setting his whittle alarm to kick me, the party monster, out. But yeah, so uh, I am going to be away from Tay though, like a lot. And so any opportunity I can get to like bring her on the tour, like certain legs of it, or like bring her out to California with me, of course, I'm going to jump at that opportunity. So we flew out here on Easter Sunday. He has risen. Also, just like a real quick aside about Easter. Easter is the worst holiday ever. I'm allowed to say this, okay? I'm Catholic. I was baptized. I was confirmed. I taught CCD. Yeah, girl, I might not go to church, but I am church, motherfucker. But like Easter, really, I was like, I wasn't even sad to travel on Easter because like, what is Easter as a holiday? Is it pivotal to the Catholic experience? Yeah, I guess. It's like when Jesus rose from the ashes and like float, 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 floated into heaven and became like, I'm so confused. Did he become the Holy Spirit? Did he become the son of God? Did he become God himself? It's confusing. I was talking to Chris Burns and we were talking about like what Easter is. He was explaining to one of our like non-Christian friends what it is because it's a mad confusing holiday. He was like, like Christmas is like a really fun dinner party and like Easter's like a lunch. And I was like, yeah, you know what Easter is? Christmas is like a bachelorette party. You know, it's like good food, drinking, maybe some drugs. And Easter's like a fucking baby shower. It's like such an obligation. Like no one wants to go to a baby shower. They're in the middle of the day. You have to play lame games. There's usually no alcohol or if you drink too much, you get judged. So that's Easter. I was fucking fine traveling on Easter. So we got to the airport and something happened that really should never happen to couples. And I think that how you handle a situation like this is a real testament to your relationship. And I don't know if we thrived. I don't know if, if I did a good job and I don't know if she did a good job. I think like I'm now kind of resentful of her. I definitely know she's resentful of me, but okay. So Stassi flew me out because she's my boss and that's what bosses do. She had to fly me out. It's a business expense. 
But me bringing my wife, because I'm like a little codependent bitch baby, that's not a business expense. So I decided to bring my wife out here with me. And so like that was, you know, my booking. I had to like book her flight, whatever. That makes sense. It's logical. But so like Stassi is like a world traveler. Okay. And that bitch has flown first class, like for goddamn ever. Like on our first tour, that bitch was flying all three of us first class. Bougie AF. So needless to say, she's racked up a lot of points, a lot of miles, and a lot of respect from the airlines. Me, on the other hand, just because Brian Kelly, the points guy, is one of my best friends, does not mean I'm good with points. People are always like, just ask Brian. It's like, no, no. That's like if my fucking cousin at Thanksgiving was always asking me how to start a podcast. No, I respect her friendship too much to like torture him with my flight woes. And God forbid I like, I don't know, read an article about it. My brain doesn't work that well. You know, it's like how like the dentist child always has fucked up teeth. Yeah, that's me with the points guy as one of my besties. So like I have no status while flying. Like even my wife actually, she's gold on Delta. We flew United out here. Um, But like I have no great standing. So if I'm booking a flight under my name, like... (laughs) If I'm flying or somebody else is flying under my account, like good fucking luck to you. So on the way to the airport, I get a notification that I am on the upgrade list for first class. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. An Easter miracle. See, Jesus does love the gays. So I'm like, oh my God, Tay, I think I got an upgrade to first class. And I'm like, oh, fuck, right? Like it didn't even occur to me. I was so, I was so like, blinded and caught up in my own bliss that I didn't realize that like, oh my God, like if I get upgraded, like you get upgraded alone, praise be, you get upgraded with your significant other, only one, all fucking hell breaks loose. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Bull and Branch Sheets. I'm obsessed with Bull and Branch. Okay. So I'm about to go on tour and I'm currently in LA and I'm staying with friends and I love my friends and I love their house and I think that they're fabulous, but you know what? They don't have, (laughs) they don't have bowl and branch sheets and guess what? I need them to get them for my room. Honestly, I bet they have them on their bed because they are like, luxurious bed people. If you don't know about Bowl and Branch, let me tell you, you will wake up feeling rested and refreshed with truly the softest, most luxurious sheets from Bowl and Branch. Bowl and Branch is the bedding expert making the highest quality sheets with incredible craftsmanships. I'm telling you, you spend one night of them, you will understand what I'm talking about. When they come to you, they are delicious. But When you wash them, they get even better and better. And I've bought some sheets in the past. And when they come, they're great. But after a couple washes, they are not good anymore. You get Bowling Branch, they come amazing, and they just get better every single wash. I have Bowling Branch on my bed. I I have multiple sets of Bowling Branch sheets for my bed because honestly, they're my favorite. And even when like I try to rotate in old ones I have, they just don't measure up. I'm spoiled now. So I am a Bowling Branch girly through and through. I'm actually such a Bowling Branch girly. I even have Bowling Branch for my guests. And it's not just me. Bowling Branch is loved by millions of sleepers. So they use the highest quality 100% organic cotton threads on earth. Each sheet set is slow made for a superior softness and a better night's sleep. They feel buttery to the touch and are super breathable, which I love this about them. They're perfect for cooler and warmer weather because of the breathability. They're literally designed to feel incredible for all sleepers and they're made without toxins. They're free from synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. Bowling Branch sheets also fit the deepest of mattresses and I love this. 
they're labeled with top and bottom tags, so it makes making your bed easier than ever. I get so lost in my sheets, but not with Bowl and Branch. Over 10,000 rave reviews they have. Why? Because they're the best. And best of all, Bowl and Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all U.S. orders. And they give it to you because they know what they got is the bomb.com. You guys sleep better at night with Bowl and Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use my promo code Taylor at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B O L L A N D Branch.com, and use that promo code Taylor. T A Y L O R. That's my name, Taylor. Bowlandbranch.com, and use that promo code Taylor. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And now back to the podcast. Then I like do the thing, right? Like the performative, fraudulent, like, oh, well, I guess we could flip a coin to see who gets the fir- first class upgrade. And then Tay was like, well, you know, I mean, like, I know I sleep. And that's the truth. Like she fucking, she is narcoleptic on plane. She falls asleep goddamn immediately. And when we travel together, she likes to sit next to me, but like I have to have an aisle seat and she sits in the middle seat next to me, which is insane. Cause she's like six feet tall, but like, I actually used to feel bad in the beginning, but I don't feel bad anymore because she narks out. She's completely gone to the world. She could literally, we could put her up in an overhead compartment and she would be fine. So like, I'm so over like thinking about her long legs because like, bitch is fine. You get a little extra leg room. She's going to be okay. But like first class is kind of different than like sitting middle next to me. Plus also like I would be abandoning her. So I like did the thing where I was like, well, you know, I guess like you're taller than me. And um, so like, do you want the first class seat? Which if she had any sensibility whatsoever, she would know that that was not a real offer. And that was just me being fucking polite. I mean, I was raised by my mom. I have goddamn manners. But if she had any sense of manners, she would reject the offer. So then I was like, well, you know, I am the one that's going on tour and I'm going to be flying a lot in the next like week and getting a first class seat across the country would like really help with my travel anxiety. I also get motion sick. You know, that's a thing. So like being in first class, like scientifically speaking, there's less motion at the front of the plane. So like, I feel like that would be a better spot for me to like, maybe not have to barf all over myself. And she was like, yeah, if you get the upgrade, then like you can have it. And I said the thing you're not ever supposed to say in a relationship. I said, well, I did pay for this flight. So technically, if anyone's going to get the upgrade, shouldn't it be me? Now, I don't know about you, but in our relationship, we are so good on so many levels in so many areas of our relationship. But the one area that's a goddamn war zone, there's landmines everywhere, is money. And like, I'm weird with money, but Tay's even weirder with money. And like, whenever I bring up money in any way, shape or form, and it's difficult because like, we have like a system of how we pay for things like based on like what we bring in in salaries. And it's like, it works. But like Tay also like works for me. She like produces my daily show. She edits this show. And like whenever, like sometimes we have to like not negotiate each other with like money stuff for work, but like we've had to like have like some hard conversations about money in general. Hello, we're in a relationship. But like also like when it comes to like compensation for work and it always ends up being like, I in a relationship, you need to like work together as a team and we always do except when it comes to money. But like, I know that that's a thing with her. So usually I'm like very sensitive and very good about it. But I was just seeing motherfucking red. Nothing will make me act more like a fucking psycho savage than like a first class seat. 
I love feeling rich and it doesn't happen often. So when an opportunity is presented to be bougie and somebody wants to take it away from me, I'll go for the goddamn jugular. So I mentioned that I paid for it and she just like immediately shut down. So we're like checking in for our flights and like, you know, checking our luggage and it's like so fucking cold and passive aggressive and I'm a moron in the airport. So I like need her help. Like she's like my mama and I'm like her baby. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns here. Okay. So we get to the gate and guess what? I did not get upgraded to fucking first class. Uh, So the moral of the story is don't be a lesbian because there are no rules when it comes to upgrades and which person in the relationship gets the seat. It's confusing. It's contentious. And, uh, you know, we definitely need a therapy session very, very soon. I remember one time I was flying with Wasbend, who traveled a ton for work. So he had points up the wazoo. He was always getting his ass upgraded. And we were going to visit my family in Boston. It's a 45-minute flight. And he got upgraded. I did not. And he fucking took the first-class seat, which is so pathetic because, like, this isn't even a real flight. They don't even have drink service on this flight. What's even the point of being in first class? But his argument was, oh my God, I'm turning into husband. His argument was, I'm like, I have broader shoulders than you, which was true. And also, thank you for indirectly calling me skinny. But he also said, and I'm the one whose points it is. Like without me being here, you wouldn't even be eligible for an upgrade. So like technically it's my upgrade. And I was fucking furious. But like honestly, just added to the list of things that like made me mad about him. So really it was, (laughs) I was used to it. But the second we landed, I like told on him to my mom and dad. and They were so pissed at him. And then I wouldn't let it go. And then when we got back to New York City and we like saw his family, I like tattled on to his mommy and daddy. And his mom was horrified. And his dad even was like, absolutely not husband. I raised you better than that. We are chivalrous in this family. You never make your wife sit back and coach when you're up in first. Like literally, he was so mad at him and it never happened again. So that is the general rule. Like if you're in a straight relationship, and your man's gets upgraded and he takes it and puts you back in coach. He is a disgusting piece of shit. And you can drag him on social media for all eternity. But it gets a little bit trickier with two women. I'm telling you. I believe thou that pays gets thy upgrade. I actually believe it's in the Old Testament. So looks like Taylor's getting another Rolex. Man, being the husband's expensive. I did not sign up for this life. I was raised by a traditional family. Dad was the breadwinner and mom was a homemaker. Like, that's what I thought I was slated for. I've literally never felt more empathy for my father than I do today. Being the man in the relationship, the man one, is so hard. Being a white middle-aged man is very difficult. Like, seriously, no one understands our struggles. Being a breadwinner like kind of sounds like a vibe. And we're all like out here in these streets nowadays, like being the boss, bitch. Yes, honey, I want to make more money than my husband. I want to be the breadwinner. I don't need a man to survive. But being the breadwinner sucks. Like you have to do all the work. And then like your wife and the kids get to spend all your money and they like gang up behind your back and they go shopping and they hide the shopping bags. And I know that this exists because I did it with my mom to my dad. They go out, they make all the money, and then everybody else in the family treats them like a human ATM, steals their money, 
spends it in secret behind their back, and then won't talk to them when they don't give them the upgrade at first class. I have all the responsibilities of a straight man with none of the benefits. So actually, scratch that. Straight white men are fine. You know who's screwed? Lesbians. Lesbian breadwinners. That's who. All the pressures of a man, none of the actual social benefits. And yeah, I'm still a woman. So like, I still have to, like if I was a man on this tour, yeah, I'd be fighting with my wife over first class tickets, but like I would not be worrying about the outfit that I have to wear on tour, which is another thing that's literally stressing me out so insanely. Don't even get me started on my tour outfit. I talked to so many women who are like so inspired by mine and Tay's relationship. You know, they're like, oh my God, that must be so amazing being like your partner is your best friend. And like, do you guys get to do makeup together? Like I did in college with my roommates before you go out. And it's like, yeah, we do. Oh my God, you guys like must sit around. Like, like when Tay and I were in Paris, we took a bath together and watched Midnight in Paris. And Stassi was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. Like, like that's what every woman wants, but like, good luck finding a husband that'll be like, yeah, I'll sit in a bathtub in Paris and watch Midnight in Paris with you. Like, I get a lot of straight woman jealousy about being a lesbian. And listen, I get it. It is amazing, like the majority of the time. But I got to tell you, straight girls, where you've got us beat is the fact that you have a man in your relationship. You have a husband, aka you have a scapegoat. And you have something that he doesn't have. You have the girl card and you can pull it whenever the fuck you want. All you have to say is like, well, I'm a, I'm a lady. You're not being a gentleman. And they quiver. But when you're in a same-sex relationship, there's nearly a girl card to be drawn. You just got to battle it out like a couple of bitches at the middle school lunch table. Yes, ladies, that's what we have over men. We can manipulate the shit out of them. And honestly, it's our greatest superpower ever. God. I miss those days. But actually, come to think of it, Taylor just manipulated me. So yeah, I am the man one in the relationship. Well, I'm not in the best headspace for tour, but I will tell you this. I now have a plethora of new material. So if you guys are coming out to tour, get ready for the most chaotic and unhinged set of my life. I just hope I still have a wife by the time this tour is over. Anyway, guys, that is it for me this week. For us, I should say. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am hoping you guys love the solo meltdown as much as you love the other ones. Uh, Hey, if you guys are coming out to the tour, I can't wait to see you. Thursday night, tonight, Minneapolis. We've got Chicago Friday and Saturday. And then we've got a double header in Detroit on Sunday. Um, And there's so many other shows going on. So if you don't already have your tickets, make sure to get them. Lots of cities are selling out, though, like rapidly. So if you really want to come, don't wait. Don't sleep on getting those tickets because slowly but surely, I'm getting a lot of DMs from friends and family being like, oh, my God, I went to buy tickets at Boston. It's sold out. You snooze, you lose. You snooze, you lose, home slice. Um, But yeah, anyway, guys, I got to go memorize my set and I got to go repair my relationship. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. You know I say it. I'll say it again. Please, if you love me, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It means the world. And until next week, bye, girl, bye. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.